This episode is sponsored by Artichoke, the simplest way to manage your business of one or your team of up to 10 people. Whether you're looking for online scheduling, website, one-touch payment processing, customizable appointment reminders, or gift cards, or awesome client notes, it's all possible with Artichoke. Best of all, Artichoke works on any device, and it's simple to set up and get started. Massage Business Blueprint listeners can try free for 30 days and save 20% off the published rate for one year by going to massagebusinessblueprint.com slash artichoke. Hey everyone, welcome to the Massage Business Blueprint Podcast, where we discuss the business side of massage therapy. I'm Michael Reynolds. And I'm Alyssa Haynes. We're your host today. Thanks for joining us. Alyssa, I will have you know that uh, all is back as it should be in the universe because I had my grocery store sushi today. Ah, uh, yeah. I changed it up a little bit. Instead of getting my regular California roll, I got a spicy California roll. You are a crazy rebel. I know, right? I'm just you, off the wall. You no, know I did. I actually cooked this morning. And I have been craving comfort food, and I made shepherd's pie. Have you ever had shepherd's pie? Oh, the concept grosses me out. It's like meat-filled pie. Is that what it is? No, no, no. That's meat pie. Oh. <clears throat> shepherd's, pie, pie? shepherd's pie is a little different. And it's, it's one of those things that can also be made in varying ways. But in my home, it was you made ground beef. You just brown some ground beef, and you put that at, like, the bottom of a casserole dish. And then you put – or no, you, no, I'm sorry. You put – corn and peas and some kind of vegetables. Some people use carrot. I'm just like straight up a corn girl, but I put some peas in there too because we had them in the freezer. Um, and then some brown ground beef and then mashed potatoes. And then you throw it in the oven until the mashed potatoes get a nice little crust on top. Yeah, and because it used to be made with like lamb and stuff. Um, hence That's shepherd's pie. That sounds disgusting. Oh my God. It's a great, and like I am not a casserole kind of person, but um one thing I like about it is it doesn't have dairy in it. Like it's a, it's a casserole that doesn't have cheese in it, so I can eat it. And it's so good. It's like protein. You get the sweetness of like sweet corn. Ugh. Oh, it's you so like good. You pot pies too, don't you? I do. Oh, I, I do. hate pot pies. Like a pie I, should be full of like fruit and sugar. But when you put meat and vegetables and call it a pie, and it's, it's just, oh, it's just it's so See, wrong. Maybe this is a problem because I actually have like an opposition to fruit pies because people treat them like dessert and I feel like desserts should be chocolate oh, um, well, or cake, that's, right? That's a whole different angle we should get. I know, right? <laughs> that's so a we have varying, we also. <laughs> varying uh, preferences on pie, which I respect, but nonetheless, I need, I was like aching for this comfort food of my childhood and I made it and we had it for lunch and um, it's delightful and I'm totally going to have seconds shortly when we're done recording. So let's do this, Michael. Let's do this. All right, guys. Let us know. Send us an email, podcast at massagebusinessblueprint.com. Should a pie be fruit and sugar or do meat and vegetables belong in a pie? The answer is no, by the way. But uh, <laughs> let us know what you think and uh, we'll report back uh, what feedback we get. So, I'm going to do a Facebook poll. Go for it. There you go. <laughs> Throw in the premium group. We're on the, on the page. So uh, – all right, so on to the discussion at hand, and that is, how should a new therapist figure pricing? And this is great. This came from Fran, who is a listener in the UK. She emailed us with this question and said, as a newly qualified therapist, where should I pitch my pricing in relation to those of the more experienced therapists in my area? So we're going to kind of flash back a little bit. 
and I will put a link in the podcast notes. If you go to massagebusinessblueprint.com, you go to our podcast page, you'll see this episode, the number I do not know, but Michael will come up with the episode number in just a minute. And I will put a note, a link to our blog post about deciding prices for your massage practice. So let's do some general rules. And then, and then we'll cover some specifics about being related to being a new, newer therapist in, and pricing in regards to the more experienced ones around. So pricing is like really, really touchy. People get super piffy about how to price. So I have a few general guidelines. And none of these are rules. They're just things you should consider so you can come to a pricing structure that you are comfortable with. So look at the average price of massage in your area. And when you do this, you want to make a few notes. So look in your area because a 60-minute massage for me just south of Boston costs way more than a 60-minute massage even out in some more rural areas of my state. So look in your area and check out the average price and make note of things like, is it a luxury spa? Is it a one-person operation? Uh, does, this, does that place take tipping? Is tipping accepted or is that price inclusive of tipping? What, what did those, when you note someone's price, what are the things that come along with that? Is there free use of a jacuzzi? That's going to jack the price up a little bit. So that might not be as relevant when you're figuring out your pricing. Ditto that for gratuities. If you're working for yourself, uh, your pricing, you might choose to go no gratuities and your pricing might be a little higher or in line. Things that you don't necessarily want to consider, um, techniques. I hate it when people price things based on technique. I hate it when people charge more for pregnancy massage or charge more for deep tissue or charge more for some... I love time-based systems, partly for simplicity, also for fairness. And if you check out our Deciding Massage Prices blog post, I expand upon that more fully. And really think about your own fear level going in. So you want to consider how much of your pricing that you've started to figure out is based on your emotions or lack of confidence or concern that your hands-on skills are mediocre, in which case you should see last week's podcast episode because we really talked about that. So there's lots of different considerations, but specifically in regards to being a newer therapist, after you've looked at some other local businesses, looked at their pricing, looked at the things that they offer, what can make you different? Think about the things that can make you different and therefore worthy of the same pricing maybe as someone who's been around for a couple of years and is a little more experienced. Maybe that thing that makes you different is one price for your time, not changing it based on technique and not taking tips and really clearly articulating that. Maybe the thing that makes you different is embracing technology and having a killer website a really good website that's super informative, super friendly and personable. And we've got a podcast episode with our friend Barry Hatfield that talks all about being really uh, personable in your website and how that really helped him launch his new practice. Maybe it's 
having a video on your website about what a massage actually looks like. So people who've never gotten a massage before, which is like 65% of the population, feel more comfortable paying for a service where someone touches them because they can see what it looks like. Maybe it's embracing online scheduling so that people can schedule anytime. And I know that this is like a bell I ring over and over again with online scheduling, but it makes me particularly bonkers that outside of the people in my office, there is almost no one using online scheduling in my area. Like almost no one. I, I don't get enough massage because with the exception of the four other practitioners in my office who are all booked out for months, um, not all of them, but most of them, uh, there's nowhere else I can go online and schedule a darn appointment. Nobody has online scheduling. And I'm like in a pretty hip suburban area that's tech savvy. So I know I'm ringing that bell a lot, but it's true. It's a thing that can make you different and therefore more convenient than other massage practices. And the last one, and I'm going to ask Michael to expand on this, is to a thing that can make you different is to pick a niche which is terrifying but a really really useful thing that someone can do to launch a massage practice michael what does it mean when i say to niche or pick a niche yeah so niching is specializing and the reason we want to do that sometimes and the reason it can work is because most businesses including uh, massage therapy practices are very generalized they just kind of say oh we do general massage services we kind of serve anybody that wants to book with us and you're you're basically serving anybody and while that sounds appealing because you want to get everybody's business it also makes you kind of blend in with every other massage practice out there and so by niching, you stand out from the crowd and you specialize. And a couple things can happen as a result. One is you can start to get more and more referrals and more business because you develop an attachment to a specific kind of tribe or a specific type of person. And you really go deep into that niche. And two, you can actually charge more sometimes because you are the only person in your area that specializes in a particular niche. So one example is uh, we've got a, a premium member who specializes in working only with runners. And so she is developing her brand. Actually, she's developed a really cool brand all around working with runners. And she's you know, about to start a running podcast and her logo is all about running and her messaging and everything. And, and she is focused on runners and she is getting well known in the area for that niche. And so niching can help you stand out from the crowd and help you get more business and earn more money as a result because you are specializing. And really, like... Even as a newer therapist, you could take one or two education classes, continuing education in a particular area, back that up with a ton of online education, like learn everything you can about one particular thing. So maybe learn everything you can about migraines, everything that you can find access to. And there's plenty online and there's plenty of in-person classes on uh, head, skull, jaw, neck work. Awesome. Maybe take some CE online about uh, pharmacology for uh, migraines. Maybe uh, watch like every video and every training thing you can that has to do with head, neck, jaw, skull stuff. And get a couple of books about headaches. There's tons of stuff out there. You know, scour through online, scour through actual bookstores with actual books. And Take a few months and learn everything you can about migraines and everything you can about hands-on work for migraines. 
and then niche to it. And you'll find that, you know, right now with a regular old massage practice, you know, your target market is probably people within 10 miles of your massage business. Maybe even a little less than that in the suburbs, like someone's not going to drive 10 miles to see me when they've got three other massage therapists within two miles of them. But they will drive 10 miles or 20 or 50 to see me if I'm the only one that specializes in migraine pain. If I'm the only one who does really refined strategic work and treatment plans and follow up to the suboccipital muscles. I, I am so always so grateful for my massage education, which taught anterior neck work because so often when I work on new clients or I'm working on a regular client and I do something different and I do a little more anterior neck work, people, even people who've had tons of massage will say, I've never had anyone touch the front of my neck before. And to me, it's like, well, that's ridiculous. I learned it in massage school. And then I also took some CE on it. But like, it always surprises me. And there are probably things you do that no one else does. And if you immerse yourself in learning about a spe specific, very specific specialty, pardon me, if you immerse yourself in learning a specialty, you will find that there are tons of things you do that no one else does, and people will come far and wide for you to do that. So it's a scary thing because people think when they choose a niche, it means they have to say, they have to say no to every other thing. That doesn't mean that. It just means that you target all of your marketing and your resources towards that particular target client or issue or discipline. And it is the thing you can do to differentiate yourself from all the other general practitioners and it's a great thing you can do as a new therapist to break into a market where there are already plenty of other therapists around and where all of those therapists are charging a decent, decent wage. It's a thing you can do to feel confident and comfortable charging the same price as some therapist who's been around, you know, 10 years. Maybe, maybe over their career, they've, they've treated 20 people with migraines, but in the first two years, you're going to have treated 100. So... That's a thing. That's my shtick on niching. We're going to jump into our halftime, and then I'll come up with my final two tips. Michael, who's our halftime sponsor today? Our friends over at ABMP. Yay! Thank you, ABMP, for being our sponsor. They are supporting the largest community, the largest community. I'm going to say it one more time for the people in back. They support the largest community in massage and body work. ABMP going above and beyond great liability insurance to make it easier for us to succeed at what we love. ABMP membership includes insurance you need, free CE you want, and advocacy and personalized customer service that you deserve. Join the ABMP family. You can be part of my family because I'm an ABMP member and learn why more massage therapists and body workers choose ABMP. Expect more at abmp.com. So how did I do, Michael? Was that okay? Perfect. I got a little excited. I lost my way halfway through. Um, <laughs> I'm always excited when I talk about ABMP. Oh, and now's a great time to mention that if you haven't seen it yet, uh, we've got a column in the ABMP magazine, Massage and Body Work. Um, and it is called 
it's a business practices blueprint for success and it is a regular feature in all of their issues so six a year and we put one out in the January February issue there's another one coming out in a few weeks and uh, I love I love the column and you can access that magazine online free to everyone at abmp.com just scroll down a little bit and you'll see the link to it I was looking at a few past articles this morning when I was prepping for this podcast and they do a great it's, job of the visuals and making it look pretty and everything so oh, it's really, a beautiful really magazine class act. Yeah. it really is I don't read paper magazines much anymore and I love when it comes because it's just it's just beautifully done and award-winning like they're not messing around here people so anyhow, some more thoughts for someone who is pricing as a new therapist in an area where they are surrounded by some more exper experienced therapists. I vote for pricing right along the same, even if you um, are a little bit newer. For all the reasons that I said, like you can feel confident doing that if you are different, better in your website, better in your marketing, more reliable, if you do all of the things that make even just a mediocre therapist really good, which you can hear about in last week's podcast episode. But you can also feel confident doing that if you really nail down your shtick, like be able to articulate what you do well. And this takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of writing down your, your elevator speech, your pitch, your 30-second, this is what I do. And also if you are an active networker, be super, super active in networking groups and structured and unstructured events, meeting other small business owners in your area, and, and even getting their advice and, and talking to them about the, the economy in your area and what you feel you can comfortably charge. So this was kind of a packed full episode that indirectly answered the questions. Where do you pitch your price in relation to those more experienced therapists? I say you do even better than they do at the non-massage stuff and you put your prices right there or even a little bit above if you really want to pave the way to be a better, more successful practice. Price yourself the same or even a little bit of above and make sure you're doing things to differentiate yourself. Don't worry so much about price. Worry a lot about differentiating yourself and doing things that they don't do or doing things differently to really attract the right people to you. Michael, did I forget anything? I don't think so. All right. I'm done. Good stuff. Well, we will wrap it up there then. So uh, I know we talked about this last time, but just a, a brief uh, little kind of plug for our course coming up. We do have some spots left. People are signing up now. If you'd like to get in on the course where we do talk about things like niching and specializing and then you know developing marketing plans and going deep into organizing your business structure and stuff like that, a lot of great stuff, uh, you would go to massagebusinessblueprint.com slash elevate. And that will take you to the landing page where you can read all about the course and you can sign up and enroll and reserve your spot there. So we'd love to see you in that course starting in March. So We really would. And if you go to that page, massagebusinessblueprint.com slash elevate, you're going to see a whole layout of what happens in the full 14 weeks of the class. It's a combination of recorded lectures and then live webcat, like web meetings. I don't know what to call them. Live classroom time yeah. where we, you get, you get lectures, you get homework, short lectures, under half an hour. Um, you get homework, you get accountability. So if you know the things you need to do, but you have trouble holding yourself accountable for them, or if you're just not sure of what to do next, we will hold your hand and walk you through the whole process of building a really successful business. 
and we only have room for eight people. So there really is legit limited space. So uh, get on it. So thanks for checking that out. And uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up there. So thanks everyone for joining us for today's episode. We love your feedback. So continue sending that to us at podcast at massagebusinessblueprint.com. And uh, we appreciate all the iTunes reviews as well. And for everyone who is sharing this podcast with their colleagues. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, and we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Bye.